Welcome, everyone, to Board Game Faith. This is a bi-weekly podcast on the intersection of religion and spirituality and board games. And uh, my name is Kevin Taylor, and I'm one of the co-hosts, along with... Me. My name is Daniel Hilty, and I'm really glad to be here with you today, Kevin, and to welcome our listeners. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. We're so happy to have you along. Yes, we are. We are. I've uh, got another exciting, or we think it's exciting. We do. And our mothers think it's exciting. <laughs> we've, we've gotten uh, strong endorsements from our moms on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> material here. <laughs> yes. That's um, true. Yeah, so we so, are excited to discuss today about, a, I think it's this question that a lot of people playing games think about, and that's is winning the point. So that's going to be our topic for today. Right, right, is winning the point. I really am excited to talk about it, too. And we've got some great feedback from our listeners. But before we do, um, if you have listened to this show before, you may recall that we are a clap-on activated podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want you to know this as well. A a, a clap-on activated podcast. If you want to know why we are a clap-on activated podcast, just go back to listen to the beginning of episode three, where all of this... A nonsense got started. When we joined the Clap so, On Network. That's right. That's right. So we have to begin our episode. We have to cue our show music with a clap. Uh, but so that it's not boring every week to just clap, we decided to play a little game here on this podcast about games and faith. We're going to start each episode with a, a little game, kind of a, an improv uh, skit, where we um, we we randomly generate a a situation, a context, and we randomly generate a game from the Board Game Geek Top 200. And then uh, Kevin and I put ourselves in that situation. And the idea is this skit has to lead up to a clap somehow. And that clap begins the game. It begins the the podcast officially. Uh, Kevin and I have not practiced this (laughs) at all, as may become... um, uh, obviously apparent in a moment um and uh and and the the uh the the situation that has been randomly generated from uh, an internet generator this morning is kevin you and i are a band of of um, medieval troubadours who really are not very good we're, we're like a mediocre medieval troubadour so band. it's a very realistic skit it is very realistic. And the game that we are going to be talking about is um, Fields of Arl, which Arr. is number 74 on Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek, by the way, is a, just an internet resource uh, for uh, board games. And 74 means it's a really good game. It's in the top 100. A two-player game. And here is the description, Kevin, uh, a very brief description from Board Game Geek. In Fields of Arl, created by Uwe Rosenberg, a famous designer, one to two players live as farmers in the small and peaceful town of Arl in East Frisia. Frisia? I apologize like for it's saying that A-H-L-R-E, wrong. A-H-L-R-E, Arl. Arl. I think that's, that's, where the, that's where the pirates are from, perhaps, <laughs> as well. The, the flax grown in the land surrounding the village makes it a profitable place to work and live. Fields of Arl takes players through four and a half years of this era of prosperity with different opportunities available as the seasons change. Farm the land to capitalize on the demand for flax, flax. or find other ways to make the most of your small town's prosperity. So that's the situation, Kevin. We are, we are mediocre medieval troubadours talking about the fields of Arl, and we're trying to work in a clap. Does that sound good? Are you ready? 
Yeah. What could go wrong? Good to go. Okay. To what, go. All right. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> a good day to you, fine sir. It is I, Sir Thomas the Troubadour, and I am here with my uh, fellow Troubadour companion, um, Dale. Uh, hello, this is uh, Dale, the uh, minstrel, and I'm so excited to be joining um, my other Troubadour companions. Uh, remind me of your names again, please. Ah, uh, my name's Tiny Tim. What's up? <laughs> nice to meet you, Tiny Tim. Because I'm very small. I like to make awkward uh, height jokes to, to make people feel more comfortable. <laughs> That's great. That's great, Tiny Tim. Great. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. Good to be good, everyone. It's uh, good to be here. Uh, yeah. And you, and you are, sir? I don't Doug. know this person. I'm Doug. Doug. I'm Doug. Hello, Doug. I'm Sir Thomas. Doug. So we're together. We're, we're Doug and, and Tim and Dale and... And myself again. I'm dance I'm like Sir a butterfly, Thomas. sting like a bee. I'm dead. It's the it's the it's the troubadour way. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, verily, we are we are going around from village to village, and uh, we are we are singing. I've got to say, I love singing with all of you. You are my my family in in song, but perhaps even more, I love playing games with you, each of you. And I remember. Uh, do you remember that time a week ago when we were playing Fields of Arl? Now, unfortunately, it's a two-player game. So, but uh, I didn't play with all of you. But, but we had we had I two copies. I was a meeple. <laughs> oh, tiny you Tim! You guys put me up there. No, oh, tiny Tim. We love you. Had, we do. We do. I needed to use the restroom. It was it was awful. <laughs> Well, our game at Fields of Arl has inspired me to play a, um, to, 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 to compose a song that I shared with you. Do you remember this, the song that I composed called, um, I Love Flax? I do. Yeah. So, um, so if, if you will, so Doug, if you will, join me now, jo- join me now for our listeners as we sing the great, uh, medieval troubadour song, I Love Flax. I like the guitar. Here we go, verse verse one. And and you'll sing with me too, won't you, Doug? I will. I'm okay, gonna sing bass. Okay, great. Good for you, Tiny Tim. <laughs> here we, we all go. need goals. <laughs> here we go. Mm-hmm. I gave my love. My love. A bowl of flax. The flax. She said. Kind of forgot I was supposed to sing along. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. We'll take it from here, we'll, from this point on. We'll I'm going to cut this part on. out. <laughs> okay. Hey, this intern, again. cut this out. Write that down. <laughs> Shirley's the intern. She, she'll take care of it. Here we go. Should we sing again? Yeah. I gave my love a bowl of flax. She sent to me a surprise fax. My not fact, my facts number the, is the nine, fact. one, zero, three, four. 
Oh, that was a great song. It was a great song. I love singing this with you, uh, Doug and Tim and Dale. Some people um, say it's too, uh, it gets them too pepped up. Well, this is a great song, I have to say. I'm pretty sure it will end up on our Greatest Hits album. But you know, it feels a little a little long. Perhaps we need something to pep it up. You're right. Uh, uh, a good uh, percussion, a percussive moment, even some 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 clapping, perhaps. Shall we, shall we add some clapping to it? Let's clap. All right, all right. Um, um, perhaps on a three. Shall we do a show? show, show let's get started. We'll clap, and then we'll... Uh, and, and then we'll go from there. You ready? Oh, and the snapping is good. Flex, 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 flex. Everyone clap. So, Kevin, yeah, so you mentioned that today we are going to be considering the question, is winning the point? Is winning the point. Is winning the point. And, um, and, and I guess some of our listeners might be wondering, you know, like, why is this even a question, right? Why, why would we be talking about is, is winning the point on, on this podcast? Um, and, you know, I'd be interested in your thoughts on it, too. I, I, I think, for me, this is an issue that... I think about from time to time in that, you know, if, if playing games um, really is an activity that is kind of training or practice in some ways for, for some, for some life skills, you know, is, is my playing of games uh, simply giving me practice for learning how to, how to beat people, you know, how to, how to, right. how to, how to, how to win over other people. And, and if that's the case, I'm not quite sure how that gels or not with them message of our faith, my faith tradition and other, other faith traditions as well, you know, where, which teach us that, you know, the point isn't, isn't to beat other people. The point is to love other people, to lift up other people, to nurture other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Kevin? Has this ever been an issue for you? Well, I think the most obvious issue is when you are playing with someone who's new to the game or playing with a child, then yeah, it it might be easy to beat them at the game and what, you know, but that feels unpalatable that that in many religions uh, are concerned about justice and mercy. So justice would be the, the best player wins and mercy would be that you don't win because it might be better for the other person like you throw the game mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. situation right right and and so if we take in christianity the parable of the prodigal son is is a basic story of of total radical forgiveness winning doesn't make sense in that story exactly. of course jesus right. talked a lot right. about losing your life and buddhism would embrace sort of that that poverty of spirit as well of of reversing the world and becoming sort of less less is more mm-hmm. And none right. of that works in a in a game environment where you're winning. It seems Jesus, to be. right, and talks about the whole you know first is last thing and last mm-hmm. is first and and you know and and games very much seem to be about trying to be the first. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah, if you seek to be the last, that doesn't really work with games. And and you're right. I mean, and and um, in Christianity, we talk about you know Jesus often 
sharing the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. That comes, of course, from from Judaism, uh, verse out of Leviticus. You know, so that's very much a part of the Jewish tradition as well. You know, you know, to what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself, and 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 putting the the needs and um, concerns of, of of your neighbor at least on equal footing with your own. You know, mm-hmm. and how does that translate into these these kind of in, environments? There, there is a song. I've recently heard by a gentleman named John Guerra uh, called Citizens. Uh, it's, it's an explicitly you know, religious song, really good. And, and the, the closing line of that, don't mean again spoilers, but it's, it's very haunting. The closing line of that song is, love has a million disguises, but winning is simply not one. Mm. And, um, and that, that, I guess that captures well for me kind of this, this tension, this, this thought of, um, of the competing ends, it feels like between winning and loving, you know. So, hmm, I like it, but I wonder. I wonder. Yeah, I'm processing, and I love it. Yeah, that that love is not about winning, but let's take the situation of say Rocky. Mm-hmm. Right, training the, the movie? and the coach. Yes, or the the squirrel. Yeah, the the movie, <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> no, the movie. And like yeah, you know, you might be that coach, and lo- part of the love is wanting him to win. And of course, interestingly, in that movie, he doesn't win. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Part of this has to do with our conception of heaven, and is heaven going to be us just stopping? Or will heaven include some sorts of challenges and losses and wins? Mm, and I would really kind mm. of be of the second camp. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That there still has to be risk and struggle or else we would be inhuman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I so like I that. could perceive a world where love can be found in winning, but it's not ever resentful or boastful. But like if you if you completed a marathon, I would be really happy for you. Right. And I might even be happy if you beat me in the marathon because I knew I'd played my best. Right. So I'm not sure that winning excludes love completely. And you might love that the fact that you got better at something, which is something that's haunted me. That right, part of right. losing is learning how to get better at it. So if you can't lose, you can't improve. So if everyone right. gets a sticker the stickers are meaningless. Like, or if everybody gets enough trophy, if every gets everybody gets the award, then they're kind of meaningless. I I agree with you, except then I, that just invalidates all the trophies I have. Right. But because, <laughs> best but team you're spirit. Right. <laughs> smells no, like team spirit. Right. That guy. Those are the only trophies I've ever gotten. But yeah, no, you're exactly right. It reminds me of also, you know. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh, the Buddhist author, um, who just recently passed away, uh, talks about, uh, he says at one point, he says he would not want to live in a world without suffering. And, and the reason he, as, I mean, he acknowledges how horrible suffering is, and of course that we don't want to desire suffering for anybody. But I think his take, and I guess I'm probably putting a little bit of my words in it too, is that, you know, um, that, that suffering is kind of the flip side of, you know, love and joy. Like gr- this idea of grief being the flip side of, of love mm. is similar. And that if you take away 
the one, you take away the other, right? Like, you know, that one can't exist without the other. They're, they're really the same thing. They're just, it's two different experiences of the same thing. Um, Weird. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'd so have to... I'd, I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, no, no, it's really interesting because some forms of suffering and grief are just meaningless, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. Some are opportunities mm-hmm. for growth, but he seems to be saying they're all opportunities for growth and love, which is a bold and interesting statement. Is that right? R- right, or or that they're... The reason they exist is because the reason they exist in your life is because love and joy and meaningfulness exists in your life too. Right. Yeah. You know, like, Interesting. like, like the guaranteed way of having no grief in your life is to never love anything. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you can find that quote? Not I now, could. but at some point, yeah. because later sure. we're going to tell our listeners about, it's called foreshadowing, about our discord server. And why don't we put that quote in the discord server? Okay. Yeah, I'll make a note for that. If if that's retrievable at some point. You, I know sometimes quotes are – you can remember where it was on the page in the book and you can never find it. So it – but, but yeah. if, if that's findable – I'll try to do that. Or maybe someone I, knows where it's coming from, but maybe we could sort of put that in Discord, Discord server, which is basically a big chat room through Discord, which is free. And it might be a way to mm-hmm. see what people think. And I can mull it over and look at that and see if he can change my mind. But yeah, I do think I do think the idea that somehow heaven is just this stopping would be inhuman, that there still has to be some kind of giving and receiving. And for it right. to be a true gift, it must come with a cost. Right, right. Because if the I'm idea... sitting on a billion gold pieces and I give you 20 of them, it's really not a gift because it didn't cost me anything. So a true gift involves some kind of sacrifice. Right. If there's giving right. and receiving in heaven, then there must still be loss and sacrifice, but somehow it's without pain. Yeah. And all that's to say, I would think there still might be games in heaven and winning and losing, and therefore they're not inherently wrong. That the idea of an unchanging existence forever might sound good for you know, a year or two or 10 or a hundred. But the idea of that, like five trillion years like that, I mean, mm-hmm. after, after a while, it's almost kind of torturous, you know, to it kind would of be. imagine. It would be. Like I'd yeah. rather just yeah. be asleep or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. to be human is to go on adventures and to learn and explore and travel and see things and undertake journeys and, and to risk and to gamble. Yeah. yeah. You know, not literally gambling, but I mean, like to, to, Try a restaurant you've never been to before, something like that, and to all of a sudden pretend that the heaven and and this God's kingdom is going to be different is I don't know would mean that somehow yeah. God made a mistake with the original right. creation. Exactly, which brings up another question, which would be another episode. But you know, another uh, perennial theological philosophical question is you know is this the best of all worlds? You know that mm-hmm. that's a question that like Voltaire. And others, you know, struggled with, if, uh, and others over the over the centuries. But you know, yeah, it was li- I think Leibniz. Yeah, yeah, this it, world Voltaire for all of its heartache it. and suffering. Yeah, we might think we can imagine a better world, but can we really? Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, that's another. But yes. So our 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 um, our listeners had some thoughts on this as well mm-hmm. uh, about winning is winning the point, and um, 
and I can share some of those with us now. Uh, Kevin, yeah, let's unless, go for it. Okay, great, great. And we're, we're, I want to say, in behalf of both of us, just thank you so much to our listeners for their... We put this question out there on the interwebs and uh, got some great responses. And thank you so much to our mm-hmm. listeners. And please know, in the future, we love to hear from you all. So please, please, please um, let us know your thoughts on all things. So Jen from Facebook says, I just play for fun and enjoy the game. I rarely win, and most of the time it's okay. I don't like to be beaten so badly. It doesn't make it fun for me then. Yeah, and that's really what you, I can relate with. Yeah, I, I do yeah. not like being beaten badly. I want to feel like I played well, and I want to have fun. I'm okay if you win, but if I get beaten badly or win all the time, it, it's not fun, and that does yeah. get tricky. Yeah, I agree. I t- um, Kristen, my wife, and I, Kristen's my, my primary game partner more than anyone else, and and um, though I play with a lot of others too, but I, I, I tell her often that I think my ideal game is where she wins by just a smidge, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. I, uh, I always uh-huh. feel a little bit guilty. I always feel a little bit guilty beating her, um, that she doesn't make me feel that way. She's very gracious. Um, but if I'm really, if she really smashes me, I just feel miserable, you know? So yeah, you're yes. right. So what yes. Jen is saying, what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I Jen. think either way, if you, if you really win by a huge margin, it's going to hopefully make the winner feel badly. But if you lose yeah. by a huge margin, but it is a sweet spot to feel like you came close. I'm okay coming in a close second, totally. Yeah. yeah I yeah. would like to win occasionally. Uh, I do have this thought recently with so many of the Euro games and stuff. I've kind of decided I'm just not very good at them or I need a lot more practice. I did mm. get to read some of Dante's Inferno this mm. past year. And one of the curses in hell or actually <laughs> in, the, in, um, uh, in limbo is to have the desire for heaven without the hope. Like they would, oh. they want to still get out, but they have no hope of doing so. That's me wow. playing a lot of games. <laughs> the desire to win, but no hope. I would like <laughs> to win this, still fun. but I never will. I never will. <laughs> this is hell. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it is tricky. And I think there is, I don't know. If you think of games as an opportunity to improve, almost like a sports analogy, yeah, then... You don't really, you, you want to challenge the person. You want to play as well as you can, right? Like right. that's the point. And, and if you keep throwing games or letting other people win, you're not doing yourself or others a favor. Right. So there right. is a bit of, of uh, you know, respect and, and wanting to train and do better. And if you, and this is not what Jen's saying, she's just making me think how, if you always lose the games, you're robbing yourself and others the opportunity to improve in games. Right, right. So the sweet Which, spot is to is if someone went just beyond you to encourage you and give you the chance to learn how they won. So then right. games are that's not right. just about winning and losing, but about improvement. But about improvement. Yeah. That's a theme you often return to, and I like that. That's a really good idea, this idea of games as mechanisms of improvement. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good thing to explore too. It would be. I like that. Well, and it's a, and it's a, similar to uh, the point of our second listener of who provided feedback. This is an Instagram account hike n play hike period. Is that like a football period, American football play. reference? 
No, you know, I don't think so. I think it's actually about hiking in nature. Oh, right, right, right. Um, this, actually, this is, well, I really, this is a really... That would be hut play. Hut. <laughs> hut, <laughs> hut play. <laughs> I love so how we're so showing our, foot, about, uh, our football <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> I love it. I'm play. With you. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I thought that was football, too. Um, hike and play is really, a, I really commend the Instagram account to our listeners. Um, it's a it's a, a neat Instagram account that highlights... Yeah, various hikes around nature and I think around some cityscapes sometimes as well, and also playing games. Um, and so a hike and plays. And we need to get outside of, more. Yeah, gamers. exactly. So that's good. that's good. Yeah. Over the course of a couple comments, they said this. They said, first point is fun, of course, but while playing, yeah, I try to win. And I expect the other players to do the same. Kind of right. what you're saying, Kevin. Most important part is the inside versus outside the game. Inside, we'll try to win really hard. But all the arguments or the grim is forgotten the moment the game ends. Foes while gaming, but friends in the Ooh, end. Ooh, I love it. I like Isn't it. Because that great... that's yeah, the magic circle yeah. that while we're in here, we're yeah. vicious fighting orcs, right? But once right. we leave, you leave the magic right. circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I really I think like I, that. And I do expect I, you to try to win. And I'd be disappointed if you were. Right. If there was an right. opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's ultimately not fair to the other person to not be trying your best right um I, but i love yeah i love that that slogan foes while gaming but friends in the end that's yeah, yeah. that's a great hike and hike and play thank you very much hike and play um and and then that's also similar to um the comments of the last uh listener who provided feedback uh, this is another great instagram account it's it's a um also a relatively new Instagram account. I think Hike and Play is as well. This is Cobib Gamer or C-O-B-I-B Gamer. Highlights different games. Um, and um, Cobib Gamer says, our motto at home is play with the goal of having fun, but aspire to win. Yes. Play with the goal of having fun, but aspire to win. Yeah. Just like yeah. the quote you've often given of winning should be a goal, but it can't be the only goal. How does that go? Right, right. Risenberg yeah, I actually, quote, yeah. I, I actually looked at, looked up that quote for this episode. Um, so yes, I'm so great, grateful for Kobib Gamer for bringing that up. Thank you. Good point. Yeah, it's from Reiner Knizia, who is a famous board game designer. And Reiner Knizia says, and this is the quote: "When playing a game, the goal is to win, but it is the goal that is important, not the winning." Hmm. When playing a game, the goal is to win, but it is the goal that is important, not the winning. Which I think is kind of Wait, the point. Say that it one more time. Gamer the is goal singing. is the winning. The goal is to win, right? But it is the goal that is important, not the winning. Okay. I think what he's saying is what's uh, important. For, okay. Okay. Yeah. You want to have that goal. Having that goal is important, but actually winning is less important than just the goal of winning. Right. What's right, primary yeah. is wanting to win. Interesting. Yeah. So he lodges yeah. it more in the desire than the actual whoever won or lost is less important. Right. Because right. if it is about who won or lost, then I'm going to walk around with my medallion of triumph and I'm going to show <laughs> it to you and be like, hey, Daniel, remember the time I won and you cried? I was going to compliment you on, yeah. on the medallion of triumph there. It but was good. Be, yeah, it's it's yeah. nice. So I just nice keep sub. bringing it up, and in a weird way, once the magic circle is gone, it it's like it doesn't count. Right, 
Right. Maybe that's how we might relate some of the ideas of the Gospels in the in the Christian Bible of that in a weird way it counts, but it doesn't. Mm. Because mm. there is the, the story Jesus tells about the people that labor in a vineyard for different lengths of time, but they're all paid the same. Right? right, right. So the work yeah. matters. In a weird way, it's the length of example. time matters, but then in a way it doesn't. So there's this weird irony going on of, of, of it matters and it doesn't. Mm. Which really, that's such a great point. And I think foreshadows what we will be talking about next episode, Ooh. too. We're, we're not to the end of this episode yet. This but, is the foreshadowing um, episode. The foreshadowing. Um, for our episode. But yes, this I idea of. <laughs> <laughs> there's Tim. Um, so this idea of what does matter in the end, if thing, in a game or outside of it. But anyway, we'll get to that, I think, next episode. So, yeah, so I just want to say, you know, and, and Kevin, I guess I'd maybe like to um, it, maybe invite you and me to kind of share some of our own thoughts over the next few moments. But before that, and, and use our listener comments as a, as kind of the jumping off points for that. But I just want to say thanks again to our, our listeners for sharing. Jen and Hike and Play and Co-Bibber. Yeah, great comments. You all are... Co-Bib Gamer. Co-bib gamer, thank you. Yeah, deep, deep thinkers. Thank you all mm-hmm. so much. That's right. Um, so you know, one thought that occurs to me in hearing from them, and this relates to some extent, I think, to all of them, but it, is that winning is more like a means to an end in a game, but it's not the the point of the game. Um, and I guess the analogy that came to mind is like, <clears throat> is like the framing of a house, right? Mm. Um, you know, if you're framing a house, so I, so I've been told, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not much of a, you don't want to live in a house that I actually construct, right. but I've been told, you know, that the framing of a house is essential, of course, to building a house. Framing, of course, is, you know, nailing together the two by fours that are inside the walls that you can never see. Um, and, and, and framing is essential to hold the house together, to give the house structure, but it's not the point of the house, right? You know, the point of the house is, is to be a house, you know, where people can live and Which needs love. walls and doesn't have, you can't, yeah, you can't see the two by fours. That's right, interesting, right, yeah, the framing. Right. Yeah, so, so the framing enables the house to exist, but it's not the point of the house. And I, and I wonder if winning is kind of like that in games, that game... The point of winning is that it provides a structure to a game, right. and without winning, the game would fall apart. It wouldn't exist. But, but that's not to say that the winning is the ultimately the point of the game. It's just what allows this game to exist as a thing. You know, um, but but it's not ultimately the the end of it, the goal of it, the purpose of it. And I wonder if that. I don't know. Does that make any sense? No, or? I think that is. And that's what Knizia, Knizia, Reiny, Reiner, Ryan to his friends, right. Rhineland. I, th- I think, I think only his best friends call him Reiny. Yeah, that's Reiny. Right. <laughs> he gets whiny when he loses. <laughs> anyway, the Knizia quote, yeah, I think is getting at that as well, that there has to be the desire. And I think, or the game doesn't work. And, and, and so, yeah, this is really getting me thinking about well, the pre-lucery and lucery elements of a game, which is the grasshopper, mm-hmm. 
and that, yeah, yeah. that, that a game has to, it, it, there has to be a desire to win to make it a game, but the game will also end, and it's just a game. Right, right. So the point is not winning, but without the desire to win, you can't even play. Yeah. Which brings up a weird scenario that happens in some games. Well, here's a couple of scenarios. One is the kingmaker scenario, which is a reference to a particular type of game or a scenario in a game where you can't win because of certain events in the game or your status of points or whatever, but your actions will determine the winner. So if you and Chelsea right. are playing a game and you and the game ends at 10 points and you both have nine and I have six, but I can do something that will cost you two points or cost uh, Chelsea two points, then my actions will determine the winner even though I can't win. Right, right. And that right. creates a situation where maybe, maybe it becomes part of the game. Maybe you can bribe me to do it because you have enough resources. But it breaks the game in that I can't really win, but I can determine the winner. Hmm. And that's a situation that some people get frustrated with because you can play really well, and then the guy that's losing is going to make you the winner or not. So they become yeah. a kingmaker. And so I don't know. Even play. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't know how you deal with that unless you have certain house rules about how that happens or right, rules right. in the game. Yeah, I could see you're right. In, in some ways, that's inevitable, but it does. You're right, it breaks the game. You, I wonder if at some point, if you're even playing the game at that point. Right. Um, but now, some games use it as, an, as a game mechanic. So it might be hmm. people vote on some element of the game. So, in a weird way, you're trying to build coalitions. Or mm, you're mm. trying to build, uh, so games might encourage that sort of action mm. that you allow for king making because then maybe it sets up the next game or the next scenario. Have you played or heard much about uh, Eric Lang's new game, Onk? I've looked at it at the store. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you probably know about this where I'm going with this, maybe. But you know, I don't know enough I about it. Do you have it? I have not played it, but I have some friends who've played it, and and heard some reviews and my understanding is that it has this very interesting unique mechanism at a certain point in the game where the two people who are in the last place in the last two places merge and become one one player one interesting. team and i wonder if that is i don't i don't know obviously that what thinking went into that but i wonder if that is partially des- designed to circumnavigate this idea of a kingmaker situation ever happening you know where like and also just if you know you can't win what happens so the kids and i did a twilight imperium game the other week and we just had to we just abandoned the game because it was clear one person was going to win which Mm -hmm. is kind of unsatisfying but there was no way we could stop cameron he who shall not be named how did Cameron feel about abandoning the game oh he was just hooting and hawing he was you know pleased pleased as a plum Please, okay, okay, perch good. or perch pleased. You know, perches are famous for being especially easy to please. please. Yeah, yes. they're they're um they're even happy when you eat them. They're just good They are. They're like they're like I'm a happy perch cuz I'm on this plate. <laughs> please, there's a perch on a plate. There's a perch on a plate. Uh yeah, no, he didn't care cuz he he got the victor. I guess he he didn't feel like we need to go through the motions. And it being Twilight Imperium, it had been 3 hours, so I think we were all ready right, to right, abandon. Right. 
Right. But yeah, that also makes the game a little more alive for someone who may be in in the in the you know with no chance to win. Right. And I'm not right. saying I was one of those people that had no chance to win, but I will say that I was one of those people who had no chance to win. <laughs> And so I poisoned the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially after a three-hour game, I could, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yes. You know, so yeah. So it yeah becomes it can it be, the the kingmaker can mess up things unless maybe I didn't know that about Ankh. They, they it tries to capitalize or incorporate that. And there are yeah, some games where you might can vote on someone, right? Uh, type right. thing like you vote. There's some kind of voting mechanism that allows people to to participate in the game or or you can only be the winner by being chosen or something right I, i've heard you know one of the marks of a lot of modern board games is th- this sensitivity to the importance of catch-up mechanisms you know so that oh. no one no one ever feels like it's totally hopeless for them getting back to dante's inferno you know yes. like you know everyone feels like there's some hope you know right, of, of winning right. and i like you know i like um you see that in things like you know, Quacks of Quedlinburg, uh, there, there's, I don't know if you've played that, but there's these little rat tails that the further, the further you fall back, the more rat tails you gather, I which like kind of give you a, a, a leg up. I have not um, played that, but, but that, I like that idea. Yeah. And that's where the, or the element of luck. So some dice type luck yeah, mechanisms yeah. help, or maybe it's a cooperative game where there's never anyone in the lead. Yeah. It's right. Just right. Everyone's right. going to win or no one wins. Yeah. Cooperative games are great for this. There's a game um, that I love called Pax Pamir. I love uh, oh, yeah. the, the game by that, that dude. Yeah, and what's yeah. interesting is you can change alliances. So it's picking up on the battle in Afghanistan in 1800s, the Great War, and you can change alliances with British, Russian, or Afghani forces depending on who's on the lead, which is kind of trying to display the history there that you're tribes and you're only loyal insofar as you think it'll help you win and you can switch mm. loyalty so it's really interesting mm. bit where the kingmaker kind of you think you're the kingmaker and then they switch to your side and all of a sudden the game changes mm. in the sense like you could be afghani and winning and the others aren't and then all of a sudden they become afghani with you and then the mm. game's not about defeating but it's about having the most loyalty to the afghan forces so those games aren't necessarily about winning. Well, the winning winning incorporates a kind of switching that means winning can be on. There's multiple paths to win. Right, right. You know, yes. Or there's a way that there's a mechanism kicks in so that if you're winning, there's still a way that someone might change almost the rules of the game. There's almost rules A and rules B, and they can yeah. change the game. Uno you know, has, I don't. They have like an Uno Dark and you flip the game over. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think there is. A... The Bizarro Uno? Bizarro. I'd say oh. play with the back of the cards. Onu. Really Onu. interesting. Yeah, almost like. I, uh... I play Onu in Bizarro. What's the upside? Me play, <laughs> Me play Onu in Bizarro Universe. <laughs> Me like. That's, that's <laughs> reference to the Bizarro character from Superbad, yeah. I used Bizarro reference like with my. Um, um, College age children the other day and they had no idea what I was talking about. So I guess I guess that makes me an old guy. Probably, but, uh, and also it, you could think of the upside down world in the Netflix show. What is Stranger, Stranger Things? things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. You know, this idea of redefining winning also makes me think about. Um, like you're saying a Pax Paramir is that the name? Pax, Pax Paramir. The Pax piece Pamir. of the 
Pamir, I guess it's Pamir, uh, is how you pronounce it, mountain range. That's what it's referring to. It's okay, a piece okay. of the area of Afghanistan. Thank you. Okay. I had to look you it know, up because I didn't know what it meant. No, I had not heard that. It almost strikes me as it kind of, somewhat of a similar vibe of, you know, when I read in um, in Matthew, for example, in, in the in the Christian Bibles, you know, where Jesus um, talks about um you know, the last shall be first and the first shall be last in a way that almost, if you can read it almost a way that it still recognizes our desire to win, but it just redefines winning. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's like Jesus is saying, here's how you really win. Be last, you know, but it's still, it's still saying, here's how you win. (laughs) Because he doesn't say there are no winners or there are no losers. He doesn't say there are no losers in the kingdom of God. He says you have to play to lose, to win. Right. right. No, you're right. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, you got your sermon for Sunday. You're welcome. (laughs) That's really interesting. You're right. I just... It's like, it's like he doesn't deny that part of us that wants to be ahead. He just says, here's how you get ahead, get behind. And that's right. the secret way of winning. Kind right, of like, right. Or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, you can flip the board over. There's another scenario called the sand, or a type of game called a sandbox. And this is a game where you mostly explore. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. And there's some games, uh, the Seventh Continents like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And some Seventh others Continent. where you can, uh, but even those have to have a concept of a timer or ultimately winning or losing. Because if you just explore, that's kind of, after a while, it's going to get boring. So there yeah, has to be a yeah. sense of how to do better or how to measure your success, how to know you're losing so you can be winning or et cetera, right? right? Back to what you were right, saying. Right, 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 right. Uh, so if there's no winning at all, then... Really, no one's going to have fun, which goes back to Bibleopoly, my example from a previous episode of a game that, in a sense, everybody won at the end, and it was just terrible because yeah. they try to take yeah. Monopoly and make it without a winning element. You know what you got me thinking in, in preparation for this? You know, are the, can there be good games without win conditions? And like you said, you said that uh-uh. it was not the case for Bibleopoly. I, I, and this may not count as a game, but. The thing that came to my mind, which made me just question it at least, was in our family, Telestrations. Right. Um, Telestrations is sold as a game, but we, you know, we, and there are rules for keeping a score, but we don't, I don't, I don't know anybody who does. We don't. We have no idea who's the winner or loser, but man, that is one of our favorite games. We do it all the time. It's the one thing the whole family agrees on, but there, <laughs> there's nobody who wins or loses in that game. And yeah. is it, maybe it's even, so is is it, it even a is game it, then? I, I, I would almost think it's not a game. Yeah. In a sense, it's more of a, what, what would it be? It's not a puzzle and it's no. not a game, but it's more of like a comedy. It's like an improv skit like we open our, our this episodes with. Like there's not a win-lose condition. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you know, then I, I go back to that definition in Grasshopper by Bernard Suits about a game and he doesn't include winning in that definition. You know, he says God. winning games yeah. are... Um, the voluntary, voluntarily, uh, voluntary effort to overcome unnecessary obstacles. You know, well, then it would be a game, Telestrations, because the obstacle is you've got a word, but you can't tell them what it is. You have to draw it, right? Right, right. And I'm not saying I necessarily say that we need to go with that definition. So now, so that's one goal as we look to the. Again, the f- future episode when we wrap up the the grasshopper is: Does he ever discuss win conditions as necessary for a game? Because you know, um, Kine- Kinesia does. 
Yeah, I don't think he does. And we'll talk about that. You're right in the future episodes. But and then Jane McGonigal you know, expands on his definition of games in her book, Reality is Broken. But I think the only other really element that she that she adds to that is that uh, is that games also provide um, feedback mechanisms on like how well you're doing that 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 provide. But that still doesn't necessarily mean that you're winning or losing. It's just. No, but it does make it different. I guess if you're playing Telestrations, that's an experience. So what makes it different from, say, riding on a uh, the ferry around Staten Island and looking at the the Statue of Liberty in New York, New York City Harbor or Hudson Harbor or whatever it is. Um, So if you go traveling, that's an experience. So if we decide to sit around in a circle and draw pictures or show photos, that's kind of an experience. But at what point does it become a game? Right, right. So I guess if we decided to time how long we could get around the harbor or who could get the best photo of the Statue of Liberty. Right. I don't know. Which brings up the question, is everything a game? Which which we might get into next episode. Yes. But before we do, a game? is life a game? There were just a couple other points that I uh, that I wanted just to kind of get in here if we've, if we've got time for it for um, for is winning the point um, one was um, there's a game designer named uh, Greg Kostikian who wrote a book called Uncertainty in Games and and his one of the things I remember from that book is he, he says that Really, the point of playing against other human beings mechanically is to provide uncertainty in games. Interesting. That you know, so the point of playing against other human beings is not to beat them; it's to provide uncertainty. Because otherwise, you need a computer generating that uncertainty, or something like that. You know, or some oh. other, you know, maybe a deck of cards or whatever. Yeah, because there are but, solo solo adaptations or elements to games, and they they just do a card. So you can have cards that are an AI, right? Right. That provide uncertainty because you don't know what the AI is going to do. Right, right. But he's certainly right that you need uncertainty, that if you, when they do the psychology experiments, if a mouse presses a lever and gets a treat, they're happy, but they will get bored. What the Mm -hmm. mouse really Mm -hmm. likes is sometimes the lever doesn't produce a treat. That's so good. And that's why, like in a casino with the slot machines, they're going to pay sometimes, but not always. And that's what keeps you interested. Because if they always paid, it, it would be awesome, but it wouldn't be fun except for just having that's money. That's true. But if they never paid, you, no one would do it. So they have to pay some, yeah. but you don't know what's going to happen. So we love and we like variability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And humans are, are exceptionally good at providing variability and uncertainty. We are. We are. We're hard to predict. I am and the other thing, I guess the other thing that thought that this conversation brought up to me in my mind is, you know, if, if winning is not the point, which I think we're, Maybe I think we're saying, you know, or if, if that's if if that's if it's a yeah, mechanism. Yeah, I agree with that winning is not the not the yeah. sole point. Yeah, if if it's a mechanism in a game, um, or you know, a part of the structure of a game, I think then then that message that winning is not the point um, is is very important because in some ways it's very countercultural as as well because I, I think that also. Is, teaches us that losing is okay right yeah. you know that losing isn't the end all it isn't like the end of the world and uh, I, I think there are times especially in our culture in, in a variety of ways that we can say you know that 
winning is the only acceptable option, you know, and, and we do all things to win no matter what. Sure. And if games can nurture this sense that losing is okay too, that because winning is not the ultimate point, that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's another good mm-hmm. reason to play games. In to fact, teach us that, one of yeah. the harder games to do is to see you're losing and to still play the best mm-hmm. you can. Then the game yes. becomes not winning, but having integrity. Not, you know, if you if you throw a hissy fit and get mad and st- storm off. Who was the tennis player um, that was famous for that? Throw his racket. Remember that guy um, back in the seventies? McEnroe. Ten- McEnroe, and he would curse and stuff. And tennis is usually not like that. And so in a weird way, how do you play while inside you may be really upset? How do you continue to play without showing that? You know, how do you play with grace in a sense, which is losing and yet not having it upset you? At least on the outside. You may feel learning that that losing is is okay, is part of the human experience. And it's so if winning is not the point, what is the what is the point? I think it is ultimately that shared experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think there is a place for improvement that we can win through getting better. So one of the things is, hey, did you get a better score than last time? Yeah, or did yeah. you see how he won doing that? The next time I play, I'm going to do that strategy. So I yeah, really like yeah. games where I can try different strategies to win. Yeah. Because yeah. then the game is teaching you how to play the game. And then you realize, okay, if I do this... And then towards the end, shift to this, then I can, I'm improving yeah. my analytical skills and my deductions. And one thing I've realized in being a not a good game player is I often will make the choice of what seems cool or neat, but those choices don't always win you the game. <laughs> right, so you, right, every, right. Especially in Eurogame, every choice and movement has to be about ultimately the win conditions and it's so easy right. for me to forget about the win conditions because i think oh i got this new card and i got to use this guy but actually don't use that guy because you're not going to win it's just going to be a cool play that's exactly right yep yep i'm the same way it's, so it's been years since i played Catan, but i remember when i first played Catan and started getting into this i i played every game i just wanted to get the longest road card that's just what i, I just right give me i just wanted to build the longest road and so i would everything would be unfocused on getting the longest road ultimately that's not a great strategy for <laughs> for winning right. the game to always just try to get the longest road but it was fun it seems it so fun. awesome yeah 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 what you want to do is yeah. get the longest road and do the other stuff you've got to figure and, out and how do the other stuff that's stuff. right i'm going to add too there's the situation of some games where you win through deception and that's t- typically social deduction games yeah. And those can be fun, especially if you don't typically lie or, right, then it can be fun to get to almost cosplay and get to, you know, finally socially approval, approved, social approved lying. But right, some people right. do say they can feel gross afterwards. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to lie or they don't like doing that, or maybe it goes too far and they feel manipulated. Yep. So there yep. the winning can be kind of a losing Yep. If it leaves yep. people with a bad experience. Mm. So I did mm. want to throw that in there. But I, yeah, I do like this That's idea point. of winning through impro- or improvement has got to be a goal as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. To that. Winning, through gr- winning through growth. Moving on to perfection, <laughs> to use a, <laughs> That's a, a Methodist term. Sorry to all of our non-Methodist listeners. You know, Wesley never went won a game of Catan. It's really funny. Now, Charles, <laughs> Charles K- 
I mean, Charles he, was a beast when it came to Catan. He, did, he yeah. was. He would blanket. He they like, would blindfold him. He'd still win. He would still win. John Wesley. It's actually why John Wesley left the church. Why he started his own church. He was tar- He'd go to uh, game night at the Episcopal Church, and, and they were all like, drunk. All the Episcopals so were tired drunk. of Charles winning, exactly. and so he started the Methodist Church. Yeah, it's a little known fact. A little known originally, fact. Heights and found that. Yeah. 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 It's true. One of his journals. It's true. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not true. We just made all that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, so, some inside Methodist humor there. Sorry for our non-Methodist listeners out there. Well, this was, this was, I love. I'm going to be thinking this about this great. today. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking with you about this, Kevin. And I love hearing from our listeners about this. And this was a great conversation. Thank you. Mm. I think yeah. it's going to set up the grasshopper. Yeah, so that's our next episode. Um, Our our next episode is, we're going to be talking about the question, is life a game? Or Mm -hmm. I need to say that more dramatically. Is life a game? Or is everything a game, uh, is another way to put it. And that may sound like kind of a, either kind of a, uh, a, a no-brainer kind of question or uh, an off-the-wall question, but it's a really interesting question that mm-hmm. it bring that comes up in the last part of this book we've been talking about, the Grasshopper, and that's going to be coming up for next part episode. of the book too. Yeah, that's yep. the whole no. title: is the Grasshopper loses yep. or does yep. he? Yep, because he starts. So we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, no, no need at all to read the book uh, in in preparation for the episode. Um, we will give you everything. You I need haven't to... finished the book yet. Yeah, I mean, really, not we're have just before. No, hand. no, I'll just fake it. No, that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. See, it, we're all it, really. It's just a, a. It's it's a it's a it's a mechanism. It's a means to an end, which is to talk about is everything a game? Yeah, I. I yeah, I'm with you. Okay, but we in would love meantime, to engage you all. Yeah. How can they do that, Kevin? Well, uh, Instagram is a popular way. And so find us on Instagram. And that call signal is alpha, alpha, gamma, beta, four, two, six. Or you can do Board Game Faith on Instagram. And our newly launched Discord server, which you can find links to at Instagram, Facebook, and on our website. We'll have those links there. And... If you're not familiar with Discord, it's the new kid on the block and very popular. More and more websites have links to it. It is free. And it's really, I'd say it's almost like the Yahoo groups, right? Is that fair if if you're familiar with something like that? Um, you know, because you, you have different rooms. So basically you yeah. can enter rooms, which they call servers. And then you can have subrooms, almost conversations. And we're going to have some posts in our Discord server. What do you yep, think, Daniel? Yep. I like that. Yeah, especially, you know, we'll be asking this question on our Discord server in preparation for next episode. Your thoughts on, is life a game? Is everything a game? What, what's it, We'd love to hear your thoughts and we'd include them in the next episode. And other server, other areas of Discord where you can uh, give us your thoughts on other things yeah, as well. Yeah, give us feedback and ideas for yeah. future episodes. And uh, we'll put, I'll put some quotes from the Grasshopper up there uh, within mm-hmm. copyright, of course, respecting copyright law, but a quote here and there is legal and so we'll put some quotes up there and on instagram and get you all uh thinking and and we'll see we'll provide the answer to everything i'm looking to you kevin for it everything is toto (laughs) is that the dog what's answers 
No, Wizard other of Oz. Toto. No. What's an- Pregunta says questions. What's answers? Um, Le- respuestas, I think. I don't Todas know. las respuestas. How's that? Wow. Does that sound cool? I'm so, I'm, I'm, I, don't, like I don't know what you're Banderas. saying, but I'm impressed. <laughs> Sounds good, right? I'm impressed. And on this, uh, on this podcast, it's always about sounding good. That's it, why we talk in voices. It's true. It's an excuse to talk in voices. I think that's what Excellent. Jenny said. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think that's all I've got then. How about you, Kevin? Anything else? Nothing. Nothing except for lunch. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Are, are listening. We'll yeah, we really weeks. appreciate you all. Have a great, great rest of the day. Bye-bye. Bye. And now I think we need to sing the, uh, the Board Game Faith intro, uh, Board Game Faith activated together. Are you ready, Kevin? <laughs> yes. All right. Board Game. Oh, yeah, start over. <laughs> Right. I don't know how to do it. Board game faith activated. Amen. Amen. Board game faith activated. Board game faith activated. Yeah. Board game faith activated. Yeah. Yo. You know, those troubadours, they were ahead of their time. They BGFA in the house. <laughs> In the spare room, BGFA. <laughs> we're both, we're both in our spare rooms this morning. This party's gone Those all night, all were, morning. Were, were way before their time with the beatboxing. I yeah, think they were considered mediocre, but it's just because people didn't understand them. They, yeah. they were so good, they may have to re-record that bit. They might, they might have to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to listen. <laughs> Do you want to re-record? Oh, we'll find out in the future. Okay. Future me okay. will contact future you. I'm gonna make a okay, note. Okay. I'm gonna make a good. note to that person that I've not met yet. Future okay, okay. me. That's okay. that sounds good. That sounds Dear good. Dear future right. you, you are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the dude on FaceTime. <laughs> Do that thing that he said. Do, do we want to re record? All right, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs>